0: I was stunned and in a kind of maze. I had company engaged to sup with us and as it might have appeared a vain affectation to forbid their coming I received them and behaved with much ease and said nothing of the dismal news. I did not shed tears. I was not tenderly affected. My feeling was just one large expanse of stupor. In the evening, I read two accounts of Dr Johnson's death in the public advertiser and the London Chronicle. And I had a letter from my bookseller, Mr Dilly, in the true spirit of the trade. Could you, dear sir, have an Octavo volume of 400 pages of Dr Johnson's Conversations ready by February? You might be the editor of all Dr Johnson's works and write his life. I am now uneasy to think that there will be considerable expectations from me of memoirs of my illustrious friend, but that habits of indolence and dejection of spirit would probably hinder me. Last night, I dreamt that I was with my much-respected friend, Dr. Johnson. I saw him distinctly, sitting in a chair opposite to me in his usual dress. He talked something which I do not perfectly recollect.
1: My library... Is not in such order as I could have wished. Why not? I am horrid because death approaches. Oh, it is an awful thing to die.
0: I was fully sensible that he had died some time before, yet had not the sensation of horror as if in the presence of a ghost. There, sir, is the difference between us. You have got happily over.
1: Do not weep,
0: my dear sir. Pray for me. If I am to write it, I must go over my logbook. My journal kept De die in Diem to when we first met 20 years ago and I no more than 20 years old. Tuesday, December the 14th, 1762. I have been walking about with a healthful stout body and a cheerful mind in search of a woman worthy of my love and who thinks me worthy of hers. I had forgot this. In this view, I have now called several times for a handsome actress of Covent Garden, Louisa. Louisa. I had quite forgot. This not to the purpose. She was in a pleasing undress and looked very pretty.